Welcome to the Betting with a Barber's Podcast. Touchdown, Kiki Barber! Intercepted, taken away by Wonkley Barber. Barber will go all the way. Hosted by former All-Pro NFL stars Tiki Barber. Tiki with a career-high 213 yards rushing. Rondé Barber. That is an interception. That's Rondé Barber's 10th of the season. And featuring Ron Kruk. A production of GreenRollMedia.com. The world's premier sports betting podcast network. Rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Intercepted. Rondé Barber to the pylon. Touchdown, Tiki Barber. And presented by the world-famous Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com to get in the action with better odds, favorable prices, and an expansive betting menu. Now live in Nevada, Colorado, and New Jersey. Sign up today at Superbook.com. Superbook.com. NFL kickoff is almost here. Hey, let's dominate today. The Barber Twins are buckling up their chin straps and about to take center stage. Let's get the former player perspective on this weekend's NFL betting action with Tiki and Rondé. It's betting with the Barbers. Under center, here's your signal caller, Ron Crook. Welcome to Betting with the Barbers Thanksgiving special powered by Superbook Sports. Ron Crook. Joined, as always, by the New York Giants all-time leading rusher, Tiki Barber, and Super Bowl 37 champ with the Tampa Bay Bucks, Rondé Barber. Guys, I hope you've got your loose-fitting sweatpants on. You're ready for a feast of games and an NFL triple header on Thanksgiving Day. Should be a lot of fun. But before we kick off, did either of you guys play on Thanksgiving? And, And if so, tell us what that experience was like. I did not. I don't think Thursday existed for most of my career. So I, I think we played in one at the beginning of the season before they had it regularly. And so it didn't affect us like it did these teams now, where you play a game on Sunday, you recover on Monday, you game plan on Tuesday, and you travel on right. Wednesday. That's just brutal. I don't know how you do it. How about you, you Rondé? No Thanksgiving Day special? I don't think I played Thanksgiving. I know I played a couple of Thursday games, but I don't remember Thanksgiving. I feel like I played Dallas one time on a Thursday, but I don't think it was Thanksgiving. I would hate to play on Thanksgiving. It's almost worse than Christmas, to be honest with you. <laughs> Christmas is like, eh, end of the year. Everybody's off anyways. Thanksgiving? Yeah. Ugh, no way. And it's crazy how this thing's exploded now. So a triple header On Thanksgiving, I mean, for football fans, you're loving it. But uh, as Tiki pointed out, not so great for those guys and the quick turnaround after some Sunday games. But we have officially reached crunch time in the NFL. And and guys, just a few quick factoids before we move on. While the scoring is down in the league overall, at least we're getting some great games, some nail biters. I mean, they're going down to the wire. 39 games this year have been decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regulation or in overtime. That ties the most in NFL history. Uh, You look at some of the top teams right now, uh, league in the league record-wise, the top three, of course, the Eagles at 9-1, and the Chiefs and the Vikings at 8-2. and But those teams, if you're betting them, are really not covering that much. The Eagles... Five and five against the spread, Chiefs four and six, and the Vikings four, five and one. Who are the best teams against the spread right now? Well, the Tennessee Titans have the best record against the spread at eight and two. 
followed by the Giants, Cowboys, Bengals, and Chargers, who are all seven and three. Any thoughts, guys, before we roll into the Thanksgiving Day special? Uh, I think I have to jump off my giant bandwagon weekly. Um, (laughs) They're going to cover. They're going to keep it tight. (laughs) If they make a mistake, it's over. (laughs) I'm thankful for a uh, very unpredictable NFL season. Can't be right. (laughs) (laughs) You really cannot. I'll take it, though. I tell you what, I watched that game the other day, uh, the Monday night game. I'm thankful that the San Francisco 49ers are starting to look like the San Francisco 49ers. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Four touchdowns in Mexico. Yeah, that was a home game for the 49ers in Mexico City. That was nuts. But just shows the uh, as the NFL continues to expand and gain fans all over the place and worldwide. All right. No buys this week. Let's get to the action in our breakdown of all three Thanksgiving Day games. As traditional as turkey and mashed potatoes on Turkey Day is the Detroit Lions hosting a game in Michigan. The suddenly rejuvenated Detroit Lions, winners of three straight, they come into the game with a four and six record and riding off uh, the high of, I mean, sorry, Tiki, just flat out beating (laughs) down your Giants in the Big Apple. The Bills, okay, they avoided a massive snowstorm in Buffalo. They make it to Detroit to play the Cleveland Browns. How nice are the Lions for opening up their stadium for their friends from Buffalo. That's the holiday spirit right there. The Bills go in, get their seventh victory of the season, and now play back-to-back games in Detroit. Very strange. Bills 5-4-1 and one against the spread, and the Lions 6-4. and four. Opening odds uh, early in the week from Superbook.com, the Buffalo Bills were actually double-digit road favorites, guys. Came in at minus 10, and the total 52.5. Current odds from Superbook.com, Buffalo now minus 9.5, and and the total 54.5. Money line, Buffalo minus 450, and the comeback on Detroit is 375. All right, breaking down this game, guys. Lofty expectations for those Bills coming into the season. Have they sort of lost their luster as their offense is sputtering a little bit? And on the flip side, just how relevant are these Lions, Tiki? No, these Lions are really good offensively, and they're doing it with their run game. I mean, Jared Goff is averaging 180 or so yards a game over the last four or five games. It's not really been him. It's been these two backs that they have, Jamal Williams, who's got 12 rushing touchdowns on the season. He had a career high, a career total, forget high, of 13 coming into the season. This is his fifth year. And then obviously DeAndre Swift. So they found ways to do what you would expect a Dan Campbell, hard nose, going to bite your kneecaps type team is going to do. Run the football, don't make mistakes, and just be aggressive. And they were able to do it against the Giants because they forced turnovers. Daniel Jones had an early uh, interception and a dog situation where it was man coverage, and he didn't see Aiden Hutchinson drop back into the passing lane as the whole defender, and it really turned the game for them. That's how they have been winning, and if they plan on trying to do something similar this weekend against the Buffalo Bills, who have been good and bad at the same time, they're going to have to make turnovers, and they're going to have to run the ball and keep it away from this Josh Allen-led offense. I tell you what about the Detroit Lions, Tiki. If they were not dead last in the NFL in yards, this you team might be pretty good. You remember earlier in the year, they were outscoring the entire league. 
right? It, it was yeah. Jared Goff's show. Bunch of passing yards. Running game hadn't really materialized itself, but they were losing because they put up 35 points and give up 38. You know, that, that was who the Detroit Lions are. So we may have been discounting them because their record was so bad, but I think they're actually a pretty decent team. So are they relevant? Absolutely they are. As weak as the NFC is, it's really that bottom part of the playoff picture is still pretty out there. Now, are they going to beat the Buffalo Bills? I doubt it. You know, they had a get-back-on-track game, most relevantly by taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. He only had 197 yards last week. He had one touchdown, but no turnovers. It was the first time in six weeks that Josh Allen hadn't had a turnover in his game, and they relied on Singletary and James Cook, finally, you know, to run the ball. Like, it's it's, it's mind-boggling me sometimes how offensive coordinators fall in love with one player, Josh Allen, and feel like he has to do everything for them to win. That's not the case. They have a pretty good defense, although that defense, and I have to talk about this defense really quickly. Remember when we were talking about them number one, number two in the league? I was yeah. shocked when I looked at them a second ago and saw that they were down to 13th, right? Injuries in the secondary have hurt. They're 20th in pass defense. This is not a dominant team anymore. So was the luster off? I would say yes. The one-time MVP is no longer the favored MVP, and this team really needs to piece together some wins here. Yeah, and they got a score, Rondé. The biggest difference from early in the season is that they're 77% in the red zone, which sounds like, oh, that's pretty good. It's damn near last in the league, right? They don't score enough points. And I'm not talking <laughs> touchdowns. I'm talking scoring. And that's because points. of the turnovers that you were talking about with Josh Allen in the red zone. Now, they have an additional challenge this week, as you alluded to, uh, Ron, because they are playing an away game after playing a home game in Detroit. That's only happened two other times. It happened to the New York Giants because we hosted a game against the Arizona Cardinals. And then we hosted, we were away against the New Orleans Saints who were displaced by Hurricane oh, Katrina yeah. back in 2005. It happened again in 2020 to the San Francisco 49ers because of COVID restrictions. So mm. theirs is obviously vastly different with seven feet of snow in Buffalo. Uh, so they had to go and travel. It's just very disruptive to have that type mm. of situation around your, your week, your normal week. And it's a short week. so. Expect Detroit to have the advantage, even if it's just psychologically in slight. Think about this. They didn't practice Thursday and Friday last week. They probably practiced one time this week, and now they got to go on the road again to Detroit. They probably should have just stayed in Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) I had to look it up. I thought they might have. I don't know, but they didn't. They did go back home. And uh, yeah, short week. And you keep mentioning Josh Allen. Just wonder how bad that elbow injury really was that they really didn't allude, uh, give us a lot of information on. So current odds as we go into the first game on Thanksgiving, Buffalo rolls into Detroit again as a minus nine and a half favorite. And the point total sitting at 54 and a half. That's up from 52 and a half earlier in the week. All right, Tiki, kick us off. Who are you taking in this? One? I got to take Detroit. I know nine, it, nine and a half seems like against the Bills. Oh, it's Detroit Lions. Like, get that old Detroit Lions thing out of your mind. That's not who they are any longer. They play really aggressive football, and they'll get plays from guys defensively, even though they're one of the worst teams in the league. They'll get plays that are made from some of these guys, Aiden Hutchinson, we mentioned before. But offensively, they slow this thing down, man. They pull it close to the vest. If Jared Goff can make plays downfield, 
Amon Ross St. Brown has not scored a touchdown in a while now, but he still is making plays. Think of Dan Campbell, right? Think of who he is. Think of Deuce Staley. Think of who he is. Think of Aaron Glenn. Uh, all these names that you know, Mark Brunel. Think of how they played and how they won when they were in their respective playing careers. That's the personality of this team. So it's smart. It's not, I'm trying to prove myself and score 50 points a game. If it happens, it happens. This team plays smart. They play aggressively. And I do believe that against the Buffalo Bills team that's been scuffling the last few weeks, despite a really good outing last weekend, that they're going to keep this under uh, nine and a half. So give me Detroit plus nine and a half at home. I'm taking Detroit as well, Tiki. Let me go back. I mentioned it earlier. They scored 35 points in week one loss to Philly. They scored 36 in a week two win at Washington. Then scored 24, 45. They got blanked by New England. Get blanked by Dallas. They scored 27 in a loss to Miami. And they've scored 31 three of their last four weeks. This team is not bad. They just have a bad record, right? I don't see this game being nine, especially considering the way that Buffalo has been waffling, as we'll say. I mean, I'm not down on Buffalo. I still think they're a contender in the AFC. But I don't think this game's going to be nine. But Detroit has found something. And I can't discount that three-game winning streak that they're on right now. Very good point. Detroit is on fire right now, winning three straight. Both the Barbers are going with Detroit. You know, I I look at this on paper. Buffalo is one of the best teams in the NFL. They should steamroll the Lions right. But one thing I have learned this season, guys, is when you think a team has no chance to win, they probably will. It's just been (laughs) one of those years. I mean, the Bills' top offense, we've talked about it, ranking second in points scored. Flip side, Lions, one of the worst defenses uh, in the league this year, giving up the most points per game and the most yards. So it's game over, right? (laughs) I don't think so. Not only do the Bills owe the Lions for letting them sleep over and use their stadium last (laughs) week, but besides that, the Lions are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I can't believe I just said that this year. But they're getting turnovers. I like that. That's been a big key to this run. Josh Allen, although, as you mentioned, didn't have a turnover last week, but the Bills' offense has been turning the ball over. I think the Bills will win, but they're not going to embarrass their hosts. And Detroit just happened to be 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine home games. So I'm going to take the home dog plus the points. Hey, by the way, you can still get in on the action at Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. They're offering some great odds, bonuses, promos, including up to $1,000. When you sign up, you make a deposit and a wager. So get to Superbook.com right now. Game number two on Thanksgiving Day matches up the other traditional Turkey Day team, the 7-3 and three Dallas Cowboys and the 7-3 and three New York Giants. This is a huge NFC East matchup. Both teams sitting only one game behind the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas, guys, I mean, coming off a highlight real knockout of the Minnesota Vikings in their home stadium, blowing out the Vikes 40-3, to while the Giants are licking their wounds and uh, after being beat down themselves, losing 31-18 to to the Lions. Both teams 7-3 and straight up and against the spread. Cowboys? are 9-2 and two against the spread in their last 11 against those New York football giants. Superbook.com opening odds. The Cowboys opened up as a touchdown favorite at minus 7, and the point total set at 43. Current odds from Superbook.com, 
Dallas guys, the money is coming in on the Cowboys up to nine points. They're a nine-point favorite, and that point total has gone up to at 45. Money line, Cowboys minus 410. New York Giants plus 340. All right, so after that performance last week, I mean, guys, have the Cowboys become the beasts of the East with their win over Minnesota? And can the Giants pull off a giant size upset in Jerry's world? Rondé, start us off. I am finding it hard to doubt the Dallas Cowboys after last week. And this probably has more to do with the Vikings, which we'll get to next. But the Dallas Cowboys look like a contender. When was the last time Dallas felt like this? Like they're winning games the way they should win games. Dominant on offense, completely dominant on, on defense. Their lone weakness is their run defense. It's the only thing that gives you pause about Dallas because they have so many guys that just want to eat rushing the passer. They want to rush the passer. They want to rush the passer. And so you can take advantage of them on the ground. And, of course, playing the Giants, who are, you know, the Saquon Barkley has second most touches uh, of a running back in football behind Derrick Henry. So that is where this matchup unfolds, I think, because otherwise on offense, the Giants have nobody. Wandell Robinson comes off his best year of, as a, of his young career and tears his ACL or whatever. He's out oh, for the man. year. Darius Slayton, who's never had more than 50 catches in a year, is now your leading receiver, although your leading receiver is actually Saquon Barkley. So to me, this uh, Giants team has got to feel like they're up against the wall against the team that I think is the hottest in football right now. They look really good. Their defense is number one in points allowed. I saw a stat today. They have two rushers with seven sacks. They have three rushers with at least six sacks. They have four rushers with at least five. And then Michael Parsons is second in the league with 10 sacks. I think that we know what they do well. We know what Daniel Jones does not do well, which is deal with presser. So this is, this is a very interesting matchup because it's the NFC East and both of these teams are playing well. This will be the one that I definitely make sure I'm sitting down with my plate of thirds to watch on Thursday. <laughs> well, it's interesting when I think about the Cowboys and their potential to be one of the top teams in football and even the beast of the East. They still got to get through Philly. They lost to the Eagles and they got to play them again and they have to prove that they can do it. Now, Minnesota is compromised and we'll talk about them in our next in the next segment because they also play on Thanksgiving. But when you watch what happened in that game specifically, the blowout of the Minnesota Vikings, it was how do we contain Tony Pollard? Right? We're not talking about him as a runner, even though he had a really good day running the football. But Dak Prescott threw two touchdown passes. Both of them were to Tony Pollard on mismatches that were created formationally that the Minnesota Vikings didn't adjust to. And all of a sudden, you mm. had this kid running out of the sideline for 109 yards and two touches. You know how many yards he had to CeeDee Lamb? 45. And you know what they were? A slant two smoke screens, and another screen, right? Crazy. That has not actually been this dynamic downfield thrower of the football these last few weeks. I know we had that one shot to Noah Brown against the Minnesota Vikings, but they've been winning with running the football, using Tony Pollard as a cheat code because nobody knows how to cover backs out of the backfield anymore. And when you do, you put linebackers on them and think they can handle, but the linebacker evolution hasn't kept up with the running back evolution. And so these running backs are winning, right? And so. The Cowboys are good, but it's kind of circumstantially good, if that makes any kind of sense. So I'm not saying that the Giants have a chance, but what I am saying is the Giants know how to play their game. And if they don't make mistakes, that is turn the football over, Daniel Jones with two interceptions and a fumble later in the game, and they can run the football, they can keep this one within shouting distance. Am I optimistic that that's going to happen? 
No, but I don't look at the Cowboys and say just because they beat the Minnesota Vikings that they're the best team in the in the NFC. I know they're good, but I can't put them there yet. All right, there's a little tease from Tiki, and you are exactly right with uh, linebackers trying to cover running backs. Just uh, look at Josh Jacobs and Josie Jewell in the Denver-Vegas yep. game, which I know nobody watched except <laughs> this guy here and our producer, Rig. But uh, it's not happening. They're not keeping up with them. Uh, second game on Thanksgiving with a massive, massive line. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, Dallas a minus nine favorite, and the point total is at 45. So can those Giants keep it close? Rondé, let's get your pick first. I'm going to say that they cannot. And there's one reason. The New York Giants, their seven wins kind of fool you into believing that they're a really good team. Their win margin is 1.6 points per game. That is wow. troubling. When you consider an offense in Dallas that can put points on the board. And more troubling is on defense. They have so many injuries. The Dory Jackson's out now for four to six weeks, which is basically the whole the rest of the season. And Wink Martindale's defense probably runs man-to-man more than any team in the NFL. And now they don't have their top cover corner. They have a myriad of other injuries to deal with. No matter what type of offense Kellen Moore comes up with to battle this Giants defense, I think he's going to win. And so I think there's going to be a lot of points on the board for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think they cover this. I think they'll probably put up a lot of points again this week. And if Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley have to try to scramble back into this zone of football, we know that's not going to happen, especially with that pass rush of Dallas. You know, I'm just going to emotionally disagree with you because I love having you <laughs> and I want to believe in them. But you're right. Dory Jackson is out likely for the season. So Nick McLeod, who's a second year player, really kind of just a guy. He's going to be forced into time. Fabian Moreau, he's also out. So Darnay Holmes, who's their nickel, is going to likely have to play a lot. And there's no subs. They like to play five or six DBs and sometimes confuse you with pressure looks around the line of scrimmage. They're just not going to be able to do that. So it's going to be straightforward. I'm going to say the Giants are going to find a way to keep this one close. Nine points is a lot of points for a rivalry game, especially a divisional yeah. rivalry game. The Giants also know that it's got to be running the football. They got to get creative with Saquon Barkley. They got to get creative with Daniel Jones with his legs, not necessarily his arm. I'm going to believe that the Giants can keep it close. I'm taking the nine just to be different than you, Rondé, but I don't believe it very heartily. <laughs> that was not the uh, vote of confidence no. from Tiki Barber, but it was a pick for his New York Giants I'm with you. Nine points is a lot, especially in one of these NFC East rivalry games. But I I just look at this as two teams going in complete opposite directions. Uh, You mentioned the injuries that the Giants are dealing with. There are a ton. They're going to have a hard time fielding a team, I think. The offense struggling, and they're not sneaking up on anyone like they were doing early in the season. You look at the Cowboys. Is this a team hitting the stride that many people expected? From them at the beginning of the season, you know, you look at that game against the Vikings. Was it the beginning of a team that's going to go on a run this season? Or was it a bad day at the office for the Vikes? I look at it as more as the former. I think the Cowboys defense just punched the Vikings, oh, in the mouth and just did not stop. Got the knockout. This game, you look at the two teams. uh, The first time they met, it was Cooper Rush who led the Cowboys to a 23-16 win. but. It was the Dallas D that really dominated that day. They sacked Daniel Jones five times, 
now with a beat up offensive line, he might get sacked 15 times. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony Pollard, as Tiki mentioned, put up 189 yards from scrimmage last week. Now he gets that Giants defense that Detroit just racked up 160 yards and four touchdowns against last week. In all of the craziness that it has made up this NFL 2022 season, I think for once the better team wins and they cover. I'm going to go with Dallas in this one. Sign up today at Superbook.com. They're still offering some great bonuses, promotions. Make sure you download the app. Get in on all the college football games this weekend as they wrap up some great rivalry games, NFL, NHL, NBA, and, of course, the World Cup as well. Follow us on all social media platforms. We are at Superbook Sports. All right. We're not finished yet, guys. The Thanksgiving Day feast this is when, you know, you're about ready to tap out you, you, your gravy overload at this point, but you loosen that belt and you make room for pumpkin pie. That's what we do. Turkey Day finale goes down in Minnesota when the eight and two Vikings look to rebound after that crushing loss to the Cowboys. They welcome in the six and four New England Patriots who got that walk off punt return victory over the Jets last week. Crazy times Man. for sure. Both offenses, guys, struggling last week. They look to get things back on track on Thursday night. The Vikings, 4-5-1 and one against the spread, and the Patriots, an impressive 6-3-1 and one against the spread. Opening odds from Superbook.com. Minnesota opened up as a 3.5-point favorite, point total at 43.5. Current odds from Superbook.com and the Superbook app. Minnesota down to a two and a half point favorite and the over under is at 42 Minnesota minus 145 on the money line and New England plus 125 guys really the Vikings offense imploded last week can they turn it around and score enough points against one of the best defenses in football which is the New England Patriots you know I think the challenge here for Minnesota is getting over the emotional toll of getting smacked around like they did against Dallas. They had a really good feeling about themselves coming into this game. Minnesota did. And not that to say that they were beyond reproach, because statistically they were not, but at eight and one going into that Cowboys game, uh, obviously leaving eight and two, they felt like they can compete with anybody, even though they don't do a ton great. The challenge, as Rondé mentioned, was that the Dallas Cowboys got after them. Seven sacks the Cowboys had. And the exact same thing is going to be facing them this weekend. Quietly, the New England Patriots, who were sitting before last week at the bottom of the AFC East, have a top five defense. And they're second in defensive scoring. Bill Belichick is always going to be known for that. And they have two, really three rushers. Matthew Judon, who's got 13 sacks, and Dietrich Wise, who's got six and a half, who get after the quarterback. So if Minnesota has those same problems that they had against Dallas, it could be a long day for the Vikings, despite their belief that they're one of these elite teams. Look, they have the talent, right? We know that they have the talent. When you look at their skill position players, it's all there. Uh, from Dalvin Cook to Justin Jefferson, uh, et cetera, Adam Thielen, they're there, but they have to protect the quarterback. Otherwise, it's going to be another long day against a team that they should beat handily, but New England's not hearing any of that. i tell you what, you guys, uh, three points between – both these teams on offense last week, the punt return obviously was their winning. I'm going to be on my third bottle of wine on Thanksgiving <laughs> watching this game. Personal third bottle, 
I'm not sharing it. So <laughs> it's all sure, yours. Make sure I can keep this game palatable if the offenses that we saw last week show up oh. this week. I do not want to see that. Look, the Minnesota Vikings are a bit of a loss leader for me because they draw a lot of attention because they're in a weak division. But are they themselves a, good, a great team? I don't think so. I talked about the New York Giants being a 1.6 win margin. The Minnesota Vikings have a negative scoring margin. <laughs> I think that might be the only team in history to ever have done that. How are you eight and two and giving up two points <laughs> in point differential? I mean, obviously their offense yeah. can score points. They have great players. Tiki just mentioned them. Justin Jefferson, Dallas Cook. Kirk Cousins can be a gamer when he wants to be. But on defense, they are not good. They don't do anything very well. And there's a reason why their games always end up being having to come back late in games because their defense can't stop anybody. Conversely, the New England Patriots, look, I don't love their quarterback. I don't think Matt Jones is the guy that's going to ever put up a bunch of points. He's only got four touchdowns and seven interceptions on the season. But Tiki mentioned it, and it's something that you have to hold true to Bill Belichick. They play great defense, and it doesn't matter who they're playing against. He's going to find a way to deal with you. If this offense can score in the red zone, they might be, you know, palatable. They might be able to make me get to my fourth bottle of wine and really enjoy it then. But I don't think that's going to show up. I think this is going to be one of those slugfests that the best defense is going to win. And to me, that best defense is on the New England Patriots sideline. All right. Well, let's make it official. The current odds from Superbook.com. Minnesota, the home favorite at minus two and a half. The point total, 42 and just coming in from John Murray in the desert, the over-under on Rondé's red wine consumption <laughs> is now at four and a half. So the money's coming in. Um, I'm, taking, I'm taking the over, man. Over, 100%. Right. <laughs> All right, Tiki, you're up. Are you going with the, uh, the Patriots or are you going to take the Vikes? Dude, just when we think the Patriots are dead, like, oh, bottom of the, the, minute, the Miami That's Dolphins cold. are the best team in the AFC. Definitely the best team in the East. The Buffalo Bills, they're supposed to win the Super Bowl. The Jets, man, look at them. The Jets are getting it done. Until Zach Wilson finds a way to screw it up. New England's an afterthought. Here they are. They're 6-4. They're a team that's going to always compete in the division because of how good their defense has become. And, yeah, I know I don't like Mac Jones either, Rondé, but I've seen him play since he was in college. The dude is accurate as hell. And swirling wins in the New York Jets that Zach Wilson complained about and put his blame on instead of pointing the thumb at himself. He, threw, he completed 23 of 27 passes. As long as he doesn't make those aforementioned mistakes, seven and seven that you alluded to, I like New England just being old school. So getting two and a half points against a Minnesota team that we've all season been questioning why we've been ignoring them despite their elite record. Give me New England. Give me the faith in right. Belichick in November to cover this one, getting two and a half points on the road. Hey, I tell you what. You guys, you like Bill Belichick. You get to see him in a, a late national game. Well, guess what? They got four of them in a row. They're mm -hmm. on eight o'clock game slot four weeks in a row <laughs> against wow. Minnesota, Buffalo, Arizona, and NBC Las Vegas. If that game, uh, you know, if anybody, gets cares, <laughs> if anybody cares to watch that on Thursday night. <laughs> but yeah. I'm kind of with Tiki here. The New England Patriots, somehow, because of their great coach they, and, and willingness to find any way possible to win, I think they actually go into Minnesota and cover this. I think they win this football game. Two and a half points is too close for me to say that Minnesota is going to cover. I'm taking New England with you, Tiki. 
Well, I'm behind you guys, and I need to make a run at the end of this season to get back <laughs> into this thing. But I looked at this as a big turnaround game for the Vikings, you know, who were complaining about not getting the respect they deserved at eight and one. But now you get blown out 40 to three at home, and you're right back into the pretenders and contenders debate. I liked Minnesota to bounce back in this one, and then I saw. It was the late game, and we all know what happens to Kirk Cousins during the primetime games. I don't know if he goes to bed at 8 o'clock or what it is, but this guy, he falls asleep. Um, Cousins becomes Cousins. He's like 3-5 and in his last eight primetime games, and, and two of those wins are against Detroit. The other thing that's a little disturbing is he was sacked seven times last week. That's a lot of sacks. And as Tiki and Rondé pointed out, this New England defense has been dominant. They haven't given up a TD this month in November. Crazy. They come in as the number two ranked defense in the league. I think they have a great game plan, and there's some issues on that offensive line for the Vikings. Cousins will be Cousins in prime time. I guess I'm not cutting into that lead of yours, guys, because um, I'm taking New England as well. Give me the pace. All right, guys. Well, it's time for dessert here on Betting with the Barbers and keeping up with the Thanksgiving Day theme show we have had here today. We're going to discuss three featured wagers at Superbook.com, and then we're going to decide if we just keep stuffing ourselves and <laughs> pound that bet, or are we going to tap out, pass on the eighth serving of mashed potatoes and gravy, <laughs> and pass on that bet. So let's begin with the tease here that uh, Rondé had at the beginning of the show. Let's go World Cup and the U.S. taking on England in this huge Black Friday special. There will be a watch party at the Blake Street Tavern here in Colorado. I know if you two were in town, you'd be up there early for that noon game or match at the Blake Street. But here's the question, guys. Can the U.S. pull off an upset like Saudi Arabia did? Taking out, sorry, Rondé, but Argentina. That was, I mean, the most stunning upset ever quickly on that one? No. Yes. No. No. Yes. no. France, France losing to Senegal was worse. Italy I don't know. Lost, Italy lost to Cameroon, I believe. Like, okay. there's been a couple. This one probably ranks I about, I looked it up earlier today. I think I, it, it's probably third. It's striking to me only because we know for a fact this is Lionel Messi's last World Cup. And they did not come to play for their talisman. That's bad. Saudi Arabia. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. America. All right. So here it is. Let's go to the U.S. Plus 500 against England on the Black Friday special. Are you going to pound that bet? Or are you going to pass? Are you talking about USA beating England in the. In war? this, that's in the this game. Thing. That's the biggest upset in history, to be honest with you. <laughs> Plus 500, according to Superbook.com. In this game, look, England looked unbeatable. They looked like the best team in, in the world the other day. And again, they were playing Iran, but it didn't matter who they subbed on. They all scored. Rashford scored in 49 seconds when he came off the bench. It was a, a really a master class of team soccer with a team led by Gareth Southgate, who has been really underachieving his entire tenure as a national coach. They had one chance a couple of years ago, but this team looked dominant. Now, America, they should have beat Poland, but they don't have 
what England has, and that is killers in front of the net. England has Harry Kane, they have Raheem Sterling, they have Phil Foden, Rashford playing. They have so many guys on that national team that can score for England. In the USA, if they fall behind, there's no way they're catching up. So, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> no upset. Rondé Ronde meant Wales. He could beat Wales. That was one of the oh, – it, yes. it was embarrassing the second half. Wales played back. They sat back, five back the whole time. They kept pinning mm. basically in the box. And the United States still found a way to score, but then they got conservative. Instead of trying to get the game winner, they just kind of waited. And when you have a great player like Wales does and Gareth Bale, which America does not, all it takes is one moment. You can play fantastic the entire match. And as Walker Zimmerman did the entire match, he was fantastic playing center back. And he makes a stupid challenge in the box. So he was gives Gareth Bale the spot. He scores easily, and they end up drawing. Now, they get a point, so they're, they're fortunate, and he still gives them a shot to get through. I don't think they're beating England. I don't think there's a way that they can keep up scoring-wise to beat England on Friday, which makes it imperative that they destroy Ron mm. like England did because it might come down the point differential to who goes through out of the group stages. So if they get lucky and they steal a point from England, I would be more than thrilled. But I think they're going to have to try to get through the group stage with four points. And that's going to mean the next game is more important than this one on Friday, even though this one on Friday is the one we're all going to watch. Yeah. This one's yeah. What's awesome. the over under on uh, bottles of wine in that one, Rondé? <laughs> I might be onto something different. Early. Yeah. A little break it up a little bit. I like that. I like that. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, if you want to take the Americans, they are sitting at plus 500 against England. England minus 180. All right, our second wager in pound it or pass it. This may be the game of the weekend, guys, in the NFL. Six and four Cincinnati Bengals travel to Music City to face the rolling Tennessee Titans. Both teams really have been on fire since starting the season off 0-2. Bengals six and two in their past eight. Titans seven and one. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, Tennessee is getting a point and a half against the Bengals. Who's pounding it and who's passing on it? You're going to take Tennessee plus the one and a half. No, oh, definitely taking Tennessee plus the one and a half. I mean, we thought it all, all this whole season. Like, I wonder if Derrick Henry is going to come back off that injury and, and be the same Derrick Henry. He got seven games left. He's already got a thousand yards. He's going to rush for 1,800 yards this year, Derrick Henry. It's insane. He's already had 10 touchdowns. Right, and he threw a Derrick Henry, too. who had a banged up body a year ago, and now he looks like Derrick Henry that's going to rush for two thousand yards again. So Tennessee's got a formula. We know what it is. It's not dissimilar to Dan Campbell, who we talked about earlier. He's play smart, play sound defense, and just pound the rock. I'm pounding Tennessee all day long. I am. Uh, I'm going to pass on Tennessee only because since. Cincinnati lost to Cleveland three weeks ago. I mean, it was embarrassing that they lost to Cleveland. It seems like their offense, especially especially their coordinator and head coach, has realized we do not have to win football games by only throwing the football to Jamar Chase, who is out, right? He's not playing. I think Joe Burrow has looked the best he's looked in all season. Obviously, he came back from injury, didn't have preseason. So, obviously, as he gets more and more reps, he'll get better and better. But the last couple of weeks, beating Carolina and beating Pitt last week, who gave them a surprising challenge, he looked like the guy that could be an 
MVP, the guy we thought was going to be an MVP this year. I'm I'm going to pass on on uh, on uh, Tennessee. I somewhere deep down, I just don't buy him. If you find any way possible to stop Derrick Henry, they lose. They lose. So I'm passing it. All right, passing on the Titans, and Tiki is going to pound it. I like it, guys. At see, that game seems like a field goal game to me. Coin mm-hmm. flip. I I'm going to lean slightly towards Cincinnati. All right, rivalry week for our third and final wager. Delicious post Thanksgiving matchup between number two ranked Ohio State and number three Michigan. Maybe one of the biggest matchups. I mean, in the in the history of this program, it's always fun to see these two programs go at it. Current odds, according to Superbook.com, have the Buckeyes, a TD and a half point favorite. Ohio State, minus seven and a half against uh, Michigan. All right, guys, are we going to go in for one more helping and take Ohio State, or are you going to pass on? I, you know, I think I'm going to pass on this one. It's time for, I've, I've eaten too much, man. I've, I've, I've gone in <laughs> for done. second, third helpings. I've had way too many gin and tonics or Vesper. <laughs> martinis, whatever it is I decide to drink. I saw Ohio State play earlier this year against Penn State. And Penn State is superiorly inferior to Ohio State, but they let them hang around. And if it wasn't for a seven-minute stretch where they scored three touchdowns, the game was closer than it should have been. They didn't look on their game last week as well. We all know how this series has played itself out in the rivalry. Jim Harbaugh finally got his first win last year. Now, the X factor is going to be Blake Corum, who is the yards from scrimmage leader for the Michigan Wolverines. He's banged up a little bit. But if he's healthy, I got to believe that Michigan has a real chance to win this game. It's Jim Harbaugh. It's hard-nosed. It's not finesse. And sometimes I think Ohio State gets too finessey. And when they don't execute, they struggle. So I'm passing on Ohio State. Seven and a half is a lot. That's a lot of wood, man. I think seven and a half is kind of out of control. I mean, maybe they know something I don't know about the Ohio State Buckeyes, a team that I've seen struggle with just about everybody they play with i mean can they score a whole bunch of points absolutely they beat the crap out of illinois right they beat maryland but like this team is not dominant i know they have a heisman trophy candidate who's probably not a heisman trophy candidate anymore but seven and a half points against the michigan team that to me looks like a better football team the team that's way more balanced has really the momentum if you go back to last year coming into this matchup this year no, I pass it. I have to. I agree with Tiki. They have talent. They have the yards leader. They have enough. I don't know whatever it is, uh, moxie or just the fortitude now to win this win this football game. I can There's no way I would eat this at seven and a half. Yeah. By the way, the Michigan Wolverines have the second ranked scoring defense in the nation. Mm. And there's that. <laughs> you know, I never pass on gravy or the sauce but when i saw this line come out i thought the same thing that ohio state hasn't dominated in weeks i just thought it's got to be that oh can harbaugh get that win against ohio state can he break that losing streak well he did he broke the eight-year win streak last year they have the confidence that they can beat and hang with ohio state now i think back at that game i mean they came in they controlled the line of scrimmage they really beat up on the Buckeyes. Like you don't see that often. I think uh, they, if they, if they get in the red zone and they can punch in some touchdowns, I think Michigan covers. I'm going to uh, pass as well on Ohio State. 
that's going to wrap up, guys, on the Thanksgiving special edition of Betting with the Barbers, powered by Superbook Sports. As always, we appreciate your support. Ask you to please take a second to like, rate, and subscribe. Betting with the Barbers is always available on Spotify, Apple Music, and of course, Superbook.com. Guys, happy Thanksgiving to you both. Final words before we feast with uh, three games on Turkey Day. I have one call out for Rondé because I'm calling the Iron Bowl this weekend. This is post-Thanksgiving. One of his former teammates is the interim head coach, Cadillac Williams. Take it over at Auburn. And I know that this game isn't about anything because Alabama's out of it. They're not playing for the SEC championship. And Auburn obviously fired their head coach in the middle of the season. So, you know, there was nothing big there. But the Iron Bowl is a special moment. And I would love to see Cadillac. And Ronnie knows him well. Carnell Williams, who's trying to change the culture down there at Auburn. Find a way to beat Nick Saban. Can you imagine? His assistant is Nick Saban. Can you imagine if a former running back who he recruited and he turned down ultimately goes down there and beats him? That'd be fun. How about Cadillac Williams as a head coach? I play with this dude. There's no way I would have thought he would be a guy that would even coach and now be an interim head coach. I applaud Auburn wholeheartedly for giving him a chance, right? I know he's a legend at the university or whatever, but I might have to pay attention to this game now because I was not going to watch that game. I will watch it now. (laughs) I I love it. I am definitely thankful for you, Ron, in this great show, Getting with the Barbers. Tiki, I'm used to him. I see him all the time. But (laughs) second year with you, Ron, I'm, I'm even more and more thankful, buddy. I appreciate that, guys. I am thankful for both of you. I'm thankful for our Superbook family and and to just be blessed to do this show on a weekly basis. And yep. by the way, shout out love to Kristen. Yeah, yeah. Go Yo. Go Yo. <laughs> hey, and just looked it up on Superbook.com. Um, Alabama is minus twenty-two. <laughs> You're not touching it, it, are you? You, (laughs) They're passing. They're passing. (laughs) All right, fellas. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy the time with uh, with your family and friends. Blessings. Okay, guys. For Tiki and Rondé Barber, I'm Ron Cruck. Make sure you're following us on social media at Tiki Barber, at Rondé Barber, at R. Cruck, and, of course, at Superbook Sports. Enjoy the game, everyone. Been locked into the Betting with a Barber's podcast. 10, 5, touchdown, Tiki Barber! Intercepted, Rondé Barber! Presented by Superbook Sports, featuring former All Pro NFL stars Tiki and Rondé Barber, and featuring Ron Kruk. Subscribe, rate, follow, and review today, and never miss out on the Barber Twins weekly betting advice. Tiki Barber takes it all the way, 62 yards. Rondé Barber broke up the play. Rondé Barber breaks it up. Want the best sports betting podcasts on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. network.